0: hi
1: hello and welcome back to grad students guide to murder
0: episode six
1: is it really already we've been doing this for six weeks wow
0: wow that's a long time is it a long time (laughs) it's longer than we thought we'd last
1: in pandemic years that's nothing (laughs) (laughs) um how are you this week, i'm
0: doing all right how are you
1: um all right i think our move went through right last week we said that we would maybe be moving and as of today it's official
0: yes we're moving we're moving we're, we're getting out of here yeah so to speak
1: <laughs> yeah i'm pretty excited we had so many people that were like yes i'll take over your lease and then like oh sorry i can't like it's fallen through so this past week we've just been dealing with like lease issue of release issue but it's finally going through and we're moving to the serial killer capital of the world. I couldn't be more excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great time to have this podcast knowing that's where we're going to move, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, we're going to have a new Podloft. Isn't that what podcasters call it?
0: I don't a, know. A Podloft? Yeah,
1: I've heard that Like in a number of podcasts. They podcast in their Podloft.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll have like a legit setup. Yeah. Right now I'm literally holding a mic <laughs> in the air.
1: Yeah, we bought like a $30 microphone. And we're, like, sharing it between us, sitting really closely right now.
0: And if my hands get sweaty, you know this thing is going to (laughs) fall.
1: Yeah, hopefully you can hear us, though. Um, I listened to some of, like, the previous episodes after we upload them, and I'm like, Jesus, I can't hear me, or I can't hear you, or all I could hear is my laugh, and it drives me crazy, and I can't listen to more than, like, five minutes of myself just laughing.
0: Yeah, it's kept you up at night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing worse than hearing your own voice recorded, I think.
0: I, I, I second that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even say that phrase ever. I second that? I second that.
1: Yeah. Um, what else?
0: Um, besides the move?
1: Mm-hmm. The fires rage on.
0: Yeah, they continue.
1: Um, part of our county, the county that we live in currently, had to evacuate as of today. So that situation is still happening.
0: Still far from us, but, uh, yeah, it's still, uh, a little bit scary. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, obviously, like, our condolences to Jacob Blake's family, Mm -hmm. um, and everyone out there fighting for justice.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is gonna be something that's gonna be going on for a long time, unless, uh, something significant happens, or some kind of...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really pivotal. Like, I imagine people said that so many times throughout history, especially in the 60s, but right now, it just feels like, especially for us as young people, it just feels like we're on the brink of something mm-hmm. really big. And today, we all saw like the um, first the striking, and then the the postponement of like NBA playoff games yeah. after, of course, already being postponed so long for COVID. So it's just, um, yeah, really intense time.
0: Yeah, but you know, a lot of these things, a lot of these things need to be out there and in the public. It's one of those things where you can't really turn a blind eye. And it's kind of good that people who have that, that platform are actually speaking out and doing something that, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw a tweet today that said sports was always political. And I, I meant to send it to you because I feel like you've been saying this.
0: Yeah, I'm always shocked when people say that they want to keep politics out of sports, mm-hmm. which, Then you know, like.
1: Then you keep people out of sports yeah <laughs> and you have like robots playing each other because yeah, exactly inherently like people have values and identities and so how do you keep that how do you keep like personas out of athletes athletes are people
0: and these athletes are heroes to so many people you know mm-hmm. and they want to they want to see yeah. what you have to say yeah
1: they have a humanity and a platform and oh man our cat really needs to get with it. He's, we're trying to speak about important things over here, and he's like, scratching at the blinds, and being a maniac. But can you stop? (laughs) Yeah.
0: What else should we talk about?
1: (laughs) Um, let's see. Let's see, let's think of a good thing. Um, oh, all I thought about was another bad thing, Hurricane Laura.
0: Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. Because, speaking for a lot of people from that area you're kind of used to it so it's not surprising but at the same time you it's it just keeps happening over and over and over yeah. again and i don't know what's gonna i don't know what's gonna happen to communities that are so close to the coast mm-hmm. especially in that area and uh yeah, it's, it's just, it's a terrible situation to be in, and it's a situation that happens year in and year out.
1: And right now, just layered with everything else, like, I can't, I mean, we're dealing with it over here, too, with fires. But the idea of a paired, like, pandemic and social distancing requirement along with an evacuation, like, how do you manage that? How do you manage that, like, at, like a higher up level but also on like a personal level
0: honestly you, you don't You
1: don't yeah you you,
0: you you pick what's important to you and you go with it
1: Ugh, like in that moment right and you obviously yeah. have to like shift what's important to you based on like immediate survival
0: the hard thing is convincing people what is the right thing to do in that situation
1: yeah and not everyone can evacuate right like some people don't have the means to do that
0: well and sometimes it's sometimes depending on the situation and depending on the circumstances it's better to not evacuate Mm -hmm. i mean when we were when we experienced hurricane ike our roof part of our roof was blown off and we had water coming down through our ceiling and myself and my stepdad ended up having to release a lot of that water from the ceiling Mm -hmm. if we weren't there to do that that water would have built up in the ceiling and that whole floor would have just collapsed yeah
1: um, which, God. which
0: is what happened to one of our neighbors, mm-hmm. that exact thing happened. So it's hard because when you have a storm, that's that powerful, your instinct and probably the smartest thing to do is evacuate. Right. Because at that power, there's mm-hmm. not much you can do. But if you're lucky enough where you're in that sort of bubble area of like, well, we're, we're going to experience some damage, but it's not life threatening. Yeah. Then to be there and help kind of save your property and fix things that need to be fixed on the fly is really, really important. And if you're there to help other people, mm-hmm. that also helps. But it's just like, that's the line, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Do I evacuate? Do I not evacuate? Yeah. And like, if it were me, evacu- you know, if you had to choose between evacuate or not evacuating, mm-hmm. it's it's life over property.
1: Right. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah um relevant for protests as well am i right of course (laughs) yeah oh man seems like every week there's an extra layer that we can add to like doomsday 2020 you know like every week we're like oh pandemic oh pandemic fire oh pandemic fire protests
0: (laughs) yeah a little bit of a doom and gloom time i know
1: i know should we think of like a good thing to add before we start talking about murder
0: we got some good ice cream.
1: We did. Get, we got some ice cream yesterday. Um, <laughs> we, we <laughs> bought a significant... We bought a dresser.
0: Yeah, we did. <laughs> it's huge.
1: It's sitting in our living room, and it takes up like a, our entire floor space. It's, it's very nice. It is nice. It's from Crate and Barrel. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. You want to give us an endorsement deal? We'll take it.
0: Well <laughs> <laughs> little sponsorship?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: We're, we've been doing some furniture shopping.
1: If anyone would like to buy an Ikea dresser hit us up. DM us on Mercury. It's very nice. <laughs>
0: now nice. we just
1: like use this podcast to sell our apartment and our dresser and anything else. Yeah,
0: Anything that benefits us, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really uh,
1: want a cat? No, I'm just kidding. We're keeping them. We love them. Unless it's like 3 a.m. and Bigger is being a terror. But other than that, big fans.
0: Yeah, right now he's taking a chunk out of his own leg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where's the Chala?
0: He's under the table.
1: Yeah. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Hey, dude. Oh, we also bought a coffee table.
0: Ooh, badass coffee table. Yeah.
1: It's, like, one of those, like, natural wood but metal legs, so it's, like, a modern but, like, textured rustic chic. Mm. Am I right? Or have been, I I've been watching way too much HDTV?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that went just right over everyone's head.
1: But... I remember, like, I don't know, like, a couple months ago... No, a while ago, I was watching House Hunters, and you were like, oh, hmm. And you, like, finished the episode, and then you were like, all right, let's watch something else. And then the other day, I had House Hunters on again, and you were like, oh, I'm kind of interested. And so, like, you sat down, and we started watching it, and since then, we've probably watched 700 episodes, and now every house we drive by, you're like, that looks like a mid-century modern, <laughs> uh, built in the, in the later years of the, um, of the 1950s. Can I just... Oh, that's definitely a craftsman. <laughs>
0: Can I also say that I noticed when we were on season 168 <laughs> <That's not laughs> that I realized we had a problem.
1: Dude, how do they have so many seasons of House Hunters?
0: Years. When do they have
1: time for this?
0: Oh, yeah. It's, yeah like, is know. it a
1: year-round show? Is it like a year-round, no cancellation? Is it like American it's Idol? It's like a
0: nine-to-five job. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, I heard the lady who narrated that, you know, the lady who's like, the, the Robinson family is looking oh. for it. that lady? Yes. She just died.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. I'm sorry. For that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, deserves to be known. I mean, was it She's, natural causes? I think it was cancer, actually. Oh. Yeah, um, but she was legendary. Her voice is so soothing. I yeah. think they found somebody like identical. I hope she has a twin, a vocal twin.
0: What are the odds? Yeah.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if we've heard any new ones, I can't really tell the difference, so maybe they found it. Unless they could get Morgan Freeman. That would be the only better option. Karen
0: Kilgariff. (gasps)
1: You're right. Karen Kilgariff. She's busy, though. She does a lot of voice things. You could do it. I could do it? Well, I mean... Everyone
0: listening is screaming,
1: don't do it! (laughs) No, not because, like, you sound like her, but because you love voice things.
0: Well, I like cartoony... Yeah. Voice well, you could
1: bring a whole new twist to House Hunters. Oh. You that... could just like do every episode. What if it was
0: a voice? cartoon version of House <laughs> Hunters?
1: Like today, the Supernatural episode you were watching.
0: Oh, that was insane. That was crazy. I thought I was watching Scooby Doo. Turns out <laughs> I was like watching 20 Supernatural. Twenty minutes.
1: You thought you were watching Scooby Doo? Well, it was. It First was like... of all,
0: I I was just flipping through channels. I was not looking to watch <laughs> Scooby Doo in the middle of the day Should on be? a what's today, Wednesday?
1: Yeah. We got up, and I, like, heard the TV turn on. I was, like, getting ready or something, and I hear Scooby-Doo, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I come out, like, 20 minutes later, and he's sitting there watching, like, you know, like, the cartoon OG Scooby-Doo. And you're watching it for a while, and you're like, aren't these the Supernatural characters? And so we, like, looked at the guide, and you were like, oh, dude, this is a Scooby-Doo Supernatural, what do they call that? Crossover. Crossover. Yeah, like it was a full on like episode of Supernatural,
0: but Basically, in Scooby form. The main characters in Supernatural got like sucked into the Scooby Doo
1: Scoobified
0: fied world. Scoobify- whoa. Mhm. Scooby Dude. Give you some <laughs> Scooby lessons, Scooby lessons, scuba diving lessons. No. <laughs> when you that, that when you.
1: That. <laughs> oh man um so how's grad school going for you this week
0: ah yes grad school it's great i haven't gotten a single thing done which is the name of the game i've gotten so
1: as much as you got done i got done probably half that amount
0: oh (laughs) sweet, that sounds about right
1: yeah oh thanks
0: oh sorry (laughs) what i meant to say is like we all go through the same struggle
1: yeah i mean pandemic productivity is incredibly low Like, it's so hard to stay focused and get things done as things are literally, literally burning around you.
0: Yes. And I think the only thing that's keeping me from getting mad at myself is just saying, once we move, Mm -hmm. once we have a new place that we're comfortable, we got a little bit more space, that's when I'll sit down and get most of the work I'm supposed to be doing now.
1: Yeah, that's true. I keep telling myself that too. It's like, it's okay that I'm not being productive because there's all these other things. And right now, like there's boxes in the house. I can't write my dissertation. There's boxes in the house. Obviously,
0: (laughs) I don't even know where the pens are.
1: (laughs) You were about to pack all your pens.
0: Who writes? Who writes these days? You
1: don't. You have post-it notes on your desk. From what are you going to use? Will? (laughs) No, you you write notes on those.
0: I did. There was there was once a time when I when I wrote things on paper. Yeah,
1: I can't find any of my post-it notes.
0: You lost your post-it notes? No,
1: I think I'm... Isn't that like the it. opposite of a post-it making notes? I'm an accusation right now. Oh, I stole your <laughs> post-it notes.
0: Everyone stole her post-it notes.
1: I bet you did. It was Z in the study with the post-its. Mm. Uh, but we... yeah,
0: no one writes these days.
1: I do. I like, I have like three notebooks going on right now.
0: On your laptop?
1: <laughs> uh, no, I have like four on the laptop. <laughs> were we going to talk about something this week? Grad score related? Yeah. Oh, Twitter. The Twitter discourse. Mm. STEM Twitter.
0: Yeah, you gotta be careful.
1: Academic Twitter.
0: You gotta be careful on Twitter, people.
1: You give us your thoughts on
0: that. First. My thoughts? Well, I collect myself. Okay. Thought number one. Mm-hmm. Um, consistency isn't always key when it comes to Twitter. Elaborate. You should not be tweeting more than the number of fingers on your hand in a day. Oh. That's my opinion.
1: Okay, unless you're doing like a live tweeting.
0: Well, over... a thread is different.
1: Yeah, thread is a different. A thread is
0: different, um, but if you're just creating thoughts on, like your own tweets out of thin air, you gotta limit it. Now,
1: who are, who is this rule for? Because if it's like Chrissy Teigen, I don't think that applies. No,
0: okay, so like your actual day in day out nine to five job mm-hmm. should take a little bit more priority. <sighs> Are you adding all of
1: our advisors right now?
0: Well, I can't add my advisor. I don't even know if he has a Twitter.
1: Right. But are you like talking about all of the times where we can't hear from someone that we need to hear from who's in a position above us, and we see them tweet about like what their dog just ate for dinner?
0: That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Right. Basically what I'm trying to say is, there are a lot of important things that are directly related to your job or at least people around you mm-hmm. that need to be addressed before you just go out and say, and just think about what you're going to say on Twitter. Mm. But also it, there comes a point where if you tweet too often, then your tweet does not have as much.
1: It doesn't carry as much weight. It
0: doesn't carry as much weight. Right. Because it's almost like, Oh, well here comes another like 30 second thought from this person mm-hmm. rather than like, This is my one thought that I put a lot of time into, a lot of thinking behind, Mm -hmm. a lot of checking, a lot of peer review, Mm -hmm. you might say, before I just blurt it out on the line.
1: I feel (laughs) like I only have that problem, though, when the tweets are disingenuous. Like, when you know that person well who's tweeting because you work with them or you work for them, and then you see them tweet some, like, I don't know, like, opinion piece mm-hmm. from their like really nice house probably and um i mean i'm speaking directly about some of the people that we know that like work you know on our yes. staff or faculty and you see tweets coming from them that don't at all match what they're doing every day or how yes. they treat you or how they yes. treat their colleagues um, and so it's frustrating to see all these tweets like flying out of their profile, and you're like, you don't represent that at all in your daily life.
0: That, that is a great point. <laughs> you have to make sure that what you're saying is backed up by your actual actions mm-hmm. in real life, because guess who's reading that those tweets? The people who you interact with every day.
1: Right. Exactly. So if you
0: can't back it up in real life, you might not want to pretend like you are on yeah. Twitter. Yeah,
1: don't, don't catfish people on Twitter. Don't do it. Um, speaking of catfishing people on Twitter my god. Bethan. Oh yeah.
0: We alluded to this. Did we? I think we did.
1: Did we or did we delete that part? Because we kept having to like we had a lot of technical difficulties oh. last time. Yeah
0: we weren't gonna we were gonna we <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say this so embarrassed.
1: We ended up having the same conversation three times. Let's put it that way.
0: So our last episode <laughs> is a little bit under an hour. Is that right? I think so. We spent 3 hours yeah. recording. And that we'll episode. leave it
1: there. Do with we, that what you will. Do the math.
0: We do not edit. No. We really don't. However,
1: <laughs> they're like, "Oh, we can tell." <laughs>
0: <laughs> However, the last episode was
1: It was our first time with the microphone. We were figuring some things there out. There were
0: so many problems that I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but, any,
1: but anyway, I can't remember if I mentioned Beth Ann or not. I maybe I did. But I'll say it again since we're talking about Twitter. Um, She created an alternate persona for four years and kept up this Twitter account. Um, I I guess I should explain who she is. But she's a professor who used to work at Vanderbilt in, I think, neuroscience. Um, And she founded Me Too STEM, which is like an anti-sexual harassment organization, which so far sounds great, right? Um, Turns out she and everything she did was like a bunch of lies and now she's been outed as like a super controversial like yikes person um but look up the articles about what she did on twitter and the like fake account she made and she spoke from that account for four years um killed the person like by co- like pretended that they passed away from covid a couple weeks ago and then held a zoo memorial for this person that never existed Um, all the while duping hundreds of people into thinking this person was real and building personal friendships with people. Like, talk about, like, scary. That's a problem. Yeah. Like, imagine building a relationship with someone. Like, everyone who's been catfished or even, like, misled on Tinder or something knows what this is like. But this is, like, magnitude 100 because she had, like, a huge following.
0: Yeah, people looked... To her for advice.
1: Mm -hmm. People confided in this person that never existed. That's scary. Yeah. And so, like, yes, it's, like, a juicy story. It's like, oh, my God, like, how crazy is this? But it's also, like, so terrifying. And I
0: could see some people saying, like, oh, well, even though the Twitter account wasn't her, it's still her composing those tweets. But actually, this persona was so different from the actual person yeah that's what's so scary about
1: right it. it like it wasn't um uh it wasn't like a pseudonym for her like she had her own account and she pretended to be best friends with this person right and it was a totally alternate personality um and also the fact that she was claiming to be a queer indigenous woman and it was neither of those things is yeah, a whole that's... other added layer of like i'm not yeah Ugh. yeah so, anyway, look that up. Um, along with all of the other, like, science Twitter scandals of the past month, um, every day I go on, and I realize that, like, science Twitter is the most dramatic, gossipy, like, train-wrecky place. Um, so I'm now, I'm now looking for a new Twitter home because that in it.
0: Well, and I think regardless of what Twitter community you're a part of, or whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's gonna be there are gonna be moments where it's it's gonna be frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest part that the thing I really don't like is perf- performatism, mm-hmm. right? Um, it bothers it really bothers me. Yeah, we see it a lot in yeah. our line of and, work. And everyone everyone knows what it's like to, to witness this or be a part I mean, I think everyone has done something in a performative way. Whether they try, whether they intended to, intended to or, not. To or yeah. not, I think everyone's guilty of that. Uh, totally. When when it's consistent, mm-hmm. over and over and over again, and that's your just, whole activism. And that's all it's you just do. Like
1: I posted a black square on yeah, social media. Yeah, it's like no. I'm an advocate. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm not claim, like, I'm not saying this because I believe I'm like a huge advocate for things. I'm just saying that as someone who's on Twitter, who you know, sees a lot of these posts, it's frustrating because especially if it's from someone who I interact with and I, I think, well, I don't know if this is really, like... Is this you? Right, yeah. well, well, it's so easy to just convince people who've never met you before what mm-hmm. you're like. Totally. I mean, I fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's, sh- and, and yeah. just just stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. What a
1: wholesome message, D. Should we make that our new slogan? Grad student's guide to murder. Stay true to yourself. <laughs> oh, social media, man. Mess. We should all just go back to the days of, like, MySpace. When we just. Your whole. I don't think game, I had a MySpace. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a poser right now. My friend did. Performative good. <laughs> <laughs> my friend did, and I remember, like, going over to her house and watching her update her song on her MySpace page. I wasn't allowed to, and I asked my parents, and they said no, and I listened. That's how much mm. of a goody-good I was. I was like, okay, mom says no. It's no. I will say
0: this. <laughs> I still think Twitter's great. You can learn so much from Twitter. You can interact with so many different people. Networking is amazing on Twitter. Um, constant feed. Constant- so
1: if Twitter wants to sponsor us, <laughs>
0: But I just want to put that in there because yeah. I don't want people to think that we're just absolute, Oh no, yeah, like yeah. I
1: think you learn so much from Twitter. You also learn how to evaluate sources, which is part of our job in grad yeah. school, but like you also have to, because you see a lot of shit on Twitter, and so you have to like learn how to properly vet the things you see.
0: Filtering is an important skill.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, you learn things, like you really become like a part of the discourse, and so I think it's valuable. Um, murder? Yeah. Yeah? I
0: think that's what we're here to do. <laughs>
1: we're here to murder some
0: people, then. Oh, yeah.
1: I, uh, I always make that joke. It's not even a good joke.
0: Especially when you heard it before. I- <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so, shout out to our friend Kate for suggesting this story. I don't know if Kate has ever even listened to this podcast yet, but she's a fellow murderino, and um, she recommended this one to me. And I'd never heard of it, but as soon as I looked it up and, like, dug into it a little bit, I was like, all right, I have to do this story. Because it's such a mess, and it has all of the horrifying elements that really, like, stick with you when you hear about a murder, you know? Um, so I got information from Murderpedia, an article in a publication called The Mirror, BBC Whoa. News, I know, it's like a legit it news sounds... source, to talk about evaluating oh your gosh. sources, and also The Sun. So, you ready?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bagheera T'Challa, you ready? Is T'Challa asleep, like, <laughs> he, face first? Is he okay? I wish you guys could see this right now. Can you take a picture? We can put it on our Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm waiting for Z to take a picture because his multitasking is...
0: Yeah, I'm the worst multitasker you'll ever <laughs> <laughs> you'll ever go and Okay. About. All right. So
1: before we start with the details of the story, I'm just going to start with a little preface.
0: Oh, here we go. Okay. A little Karen move
1: here. 41 um, year old Rosalind Hunt is found dead in her flat in Ipswich, England on August 3rd, 2009. England. Mm hmm. I wasn't expecting um, that to be the detail of the, fo- uh, the story that you focused sorry. on. <laughs> A woman's been dead z. The next the day. Breaks. Sorry. <laughs> the next day, her friend 43 year old Desmond Thorpe is also found dead in his flat also located in ipswich which is very close to um his friend rosalind's flat they go by rosie and des so from now on i'm gonna call them that um rosie was known as des's caretaker since des was um, an alcoholic who was severely incapacitated by the time he was in his early 40s already so he could hardly move Um, and rosie took care of him helping him to walk and stand since, according to sources, he really couldn't do anything physical at all without help,
0: and that's all just from alcoholism. Um,
1: from alcoholism, it's possible and likely he had other ailments as well. Mm. Um, that
0: to me? I'm like, wow, I, I didn't realize that was yeah. Something that can happen. Yeah, I
1: couldn't find detail on what specifically his health issues were, but it sounds like he's definitely like an ill and frail person, mm. in addition to and or because of alcoholism. Wow. So, um turns out that rosie is also an alcoholic but more physically able than Dez, so she's known to help him out and she spends a lot of time with him hmm. rosie and Dez have both been killed in different ways okay so rosie's murder scene is the more gruesome of the two um and right away the cops can tell it looks like she's been tortured extensively before her death oh no yeah after the autopsy her cause of death is listed as just trauma that's oh, it my. yeah that's the official ruling um and for Dez, the cause of death is uncertain at first so we have one particularly brutal murder one inconclusive dead body and the two victims knew each other lived close by and were friends with one serving in more of a caretaker role for the other
0: okay okay so now let's go to Des was found dead after yes it was rosie then yep
1: the next day um so let's go now to lorraine thorpe the focal point of our story There's not a ton of details about the early years of Lorraine Thorpe's childhood. Um, Oh, I guess I should say this first. I should start by saying that Lorraine Thorpe is the heroine of the story, and by heroine I mean the personification of evil. Um, And oh, so not so not not the (laughs) heroine. Okay. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Like heroin, the drug. Yeah. Uh, that's probably much closer. Yeah. Got it so um <laughs> what a turn. So, so now i'm gonna focus on lauren thorpe um she is when she's 12 her parents split up she chooses to live with her mom at first but then chooses to go live with her father des thorpe at age 13. Oh, interesting mm-hmm. okay and she actually wanted to go live with him and help take care of him since his health had really deteriorated gone downhill and he needed some help physically um, and she says that she loves her dad a lot and it sounds like the two of them were really close when she was a kid. So cool. she, she picks him over her mom. Um, but unfortunately, since Des can't do much due to his physical state and his alcoholism, and Lorraine is just 13, they don't have much income as you yeah. might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they drift around from shitty living situation to shitty living situation and in one of the articles says they move from one squalid flat to another. Which is a pretty damn British sounding <laughs> way. of <I'm laughs> like... like- <laughs> Right?
0: Whoa, now. <laughs> um,
1: so, ultimately, they also end up living in tents at some points. Uh, um, no. uh, like, in a, in a camping tent. Yes. In Intense.
0: T- tent. Yeah, intense, which is also intense. Oh, my. We're going to stop the
1: pun. My dad loves that pun. He's not a listener. But maybe if we title the episode Intense Intense, he'll listen. Because he said that pun, like, twice a year since I was, like, two. What a dad! I know, right? Total dad move. Okay, so they live in tents. (laughs) It's very intense. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't not say it. Um, which kind of qualifies as as homeless, right? If you're living in uh.
0: I would say that qualifies as (laughs) homeless. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: stability is tent is
0: not a home. It's not.
1: Well, it's it's a home, but it's not a house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Am I right? You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's say stability is really lacking for for Lorraine and her dad does. Um, at this point, I'd like to introduce you to the street drinking community of Ipswich, England. Cool. I was not familiar with this, but it's literally a lifestyle. It sounds like like you can Google like street drinking community, um, and it sounds like it's composed of like I, I guess I'll say like a transient lifestyle of people who kind of like drift around, um, living, like, crouch, uh, what's the word? Couch surfing? Couch surfing, tent living, drinking on the streets, hanging out. Yeah, Yeah. and and they're kind of friends, right? They know each other, they support each other, um, and so Lorraine is, like, immersed into this with her dad, and that's kind of what keeps them afloat, but it's also, like, the source of their instability at the same time. Is the
0: drinking part of it just they all like to drink? Yeah,
1: they're all alcoholics, um, so... you know funny you mentioned that um she starts drinking heavily herself by the time she's 14 so lorraine is young yeah it's a little young is it young for england though don't they like aren't they known for that 2009
0: i think it's young
1: yeah i mean the legal drinking age is like 18 but like 15
0: wink wink isn't it i'm not gonna say what the legal drinking ages that's like employees. that's the like the very are.
1: like stereotypical impression i'm under that like you're introduced like maybe perhaps younger and it's okay i still think she's how old uh 14 i still think yeah no arms. for sure like yeah. it's definitely like physiologically it's definitely underage too young drinking yeah it's not good definitely not good yeah. um so she also ends up quitting school and stopping her medication which she takes for adhd And, you know, so she's clearly self-medicating with alcohol and perhaps other things. And um, since she's so young, she's obviously, like, asked about at school and tracked down by teachers and social workers and sometimes tried to be brought back to school. Um, And she always runs away to go back to her dad. And by all accounts, it sounds like she really loves her dad and she likes spending time with him and his friends and has really embraced the street drinker lifestyle with all the new people they meet. So, obviously, I should make the point, right, that she, like, was absolutely dealt a shitty hand in life, and it sucks that at such a young age she was surrounded by so much instability and violence and drinking, but she also um, engaged within it heavily. Like, so she's not actively trying to get away. She mm-hmm. likes it. Yeah. Um, and so, she's, you know, she's escaping back to it, and um, authorities say that being thrown into this lifestyle at such a young age leaves her with, quote, no sense of what is right or what is wrong. Debatable. Yeah, right. Like, you could get an expert to weigh in on that, but I'm not, so I'm not going to stumble down that road. Unless it you want to give fun. us your diagnosis, <laughs> Diagnose Z. Go ahead. She just
0: shoved the mic in my face, so if, if this is really loud, I'm sorry. Uh
1: Okay. So, around this time, Lorraine's 14, she meets Paul Clark, a fellow member of the street drinking community. Member? Is that the right word? Yeah. No, I mean, that makes it sound like you need, like, a membership. Like, it's a country club. Like, oh, I'm a member. He's a... Resident?
0: Oh, it's not a house. <laughs> <It's> not a... <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: A fellow? <laughs> a, f-
0: a fellow. Uh,
1: a d- d- convener? I don't know. So he's part of it. He's he's a you know, he's in it. And he's actually more of like a leader in the community, quote unquote leader. I'll get to that later. Well then he definitely
0: qualifies for a member. <laughs>
1: no, I know, but like member of the community, of the street drinker community just sounds like funny. Like you have a membership to something. Uh, he's exquisite. the leader, so we're gonna
0: call him chief. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. Lorraine <Lauren>, Paul became <laughs> why are you looking at me like that?
0: <laughs> like that. Oh, because the word chief we don't say that anymore. We don't say chief,
1: like no. the chief
0: of police, the chief of staff, the chief of.
1: Okay, how about executive?
0: Chief executive officer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, Lorraine and Paul. Um. The, did I introduce Paul already? Oh yes, I did. Of course, he's he's the the member issue. Um. Paul and Lorraine become good friends. They have similar interests, like the street and drinking um and they darts (laughs) uh i was gonna try and like say a different hobby and i couldn't think of a single thing you're welcome uh croquet um they probably both hate school and authority as well i would imagine who doesn't and i should (laughs) you want to join the street drinking community they'd switch um so oh i should also say that paul is not lorraine's age like at all He's, like, a grown man. He's, like, in his 40s, and she's 14. Yeah, and they're, like, really good friends.
0: They're good friends?
1: No, it sounds like they're friends. I couldn't find anything that said there was anything, like, questionable there. I mean, it's already questionable, because why are you friends with someone so young? That's weird. Anyway, Lorraine introduces Paul to her dad, and um, she and her dad, Des, actually end up living with Paul for a while. Remember that, like, couch surfing thing I mentioned? Um, And Paul... He's known as the ringleader, as I mentioned, of the community. And he's kind of harsh and aggressive, and he likes to assert his dominance over others, whatever that means. Um, so, guess who Paul used to date? Did Guess.
0: One of the dead people. Uh, Yay! Yes! Hey! Spinning. Look at the big brains on G!
1: His ex is Rosie. Is it one of the dead people? It sure is. Um, she's... Well, shucks.
0: Sorry. <laughs> she's one of the murder
1: victims from the very beginning of my story. The preface of my story, if you will. So, at this point, the amount of contact between Paul and Rosie isn't super clear. Like, I think they had been off and on dating, um, and I don't think they're dating at this point. But we do know that Paul still uses Rosie's house or flat um, as a gathering spot, both when she's there and also sometimes when she's not home, assumedly without her permission to host drinking events parties whatever you want to call it um for some reason when i read this i just thought of those scenes in breaking bad when jesse has his huge house and yeah and he uses it to host those like big disgusting parties that last for days and it's all the people he doesn't know and they steal his stuff and there's a huge mess afterwards yeah and everybody there is like so gone and you're just like oh man i want everybody here to have like a tall glass of water and a nice long shower and a home-cooked wholesome meal you know yeah um, so, like, that's kind of what I picture when I picture this community and the parties that they hold at Re- Rosie's house. Um, so, at some point, there is an event that happens with Paul's dog. I don't know what kind of dog Paul has, we just know he has a an dog. An event? Yeah. There, the details on this are scarce, and they're slightly different across all of the sources. So I'm just gonna put together what I could piece together based on these four sources. So it sounds like... Um, Rosie has Paul dog, Paul's dog while she's out and about around town. Paul's not there. She well, has the dog. She's
0: either walking the dog or, or with right. the dog outside. The yes. Okay,
1: it. And it sounds like she's not super comfortable with the dog or she doesn't really know how to properly discipline it. Um, so at some point, she either hits or kicks the dog. And then the dog ends up biting a small child in that same event. Um, no, There's no data
0: on how hard the bite was. She kicks the how do they know it was
1: she who? I well, I think she tells Paul that she she had to do this. That the dog uh, was acting out and she tried to like um, discipline it by like giving it a hit or a kick or something and so a bit of know. kid. right. Like the whole thing is like yikes. Um, but I can't find anything anything on if the kid was okay, so I'm just assuming so. So Paul hears about the dog hitting and the dog biting, and he gets super upset, right? This is a dog. Um, and he starts arguing with Rosie when he's at her apartment shortly after. And he yells at her about handling his dog poorly. And she yells right back at him about his friendship with Lorraine. Ooh. Um, who Talk has... about, like, retaliation. I know, right? Um, who has just barely turned 15 and how he lets her hang out with all these middle-aged alcoholics and that's no place for a kid. And she's like, Paul, this isn't okay. And he's like, Rosie, you suck at taking care of dogs. So they have that argument. Um, and then the argument actually ends with Rosie warning to call social services and tell them everything about Lorraine's drinking, about her like running away from school, the part-time homelessness, um, mostly because she claims she's trying to save Lorraine and pull her off the street and into someone else's care.
0: She's trying to save Lorraine.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm because you know like she yeah. wants to like try and help her lifestyle that's what, that's what um, Rosie tells Paul and so Paul tells Lorraine about Rosie's threat obviously and the two of them go over to Lorraine's planning to quote teach her a lesson that's from the article so they show up Rosie answers the door and Paul pulls out a dog chain and a cigarette lighter Lorraine starts attacking Rosie so Lorraine who's 15 starts attacking her by punching her and kicking her And the attack quickly turns to torture. They end up doing some pretty horrible things, including rubbing a cheese grater on her face.
0: Oh my
1: god. And then, as they inflict wounds on her, they literally take salt from the kitchen and rub the salt into the wounds. They torture her over the course of four days and then leave her for dead.
0: Okay. Okay. Four days.
1: Four days. days. And apparently, like, they'll leave and come back. Like, they'll, like, torture her for a few hours, leave, well, it sounds and, like, like, come back, torture her some more. It
0: sounds like if they were willing to do this for four days, they could have done this to anybody.
1: hmm Like, this whole backstory... Oh, yeah, backstory, motive is lacking.
0: This whole backstory now, I don't think it matters at all.
1: Totally. I think we can discuss that more after, too. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. So, when the police find her um, a few days later, they lose count of the broken bones, abrasions, cuts, and scrapes she has. She, so, she's in bad shape. Which
0: doesn't happen. The police Pre- usually are able to get Yeah, exactly. That's numbers. why
1: her cause of death was trauma. Like, they couldn't oh, even my. pinpoint, like, what the fatal wound was. So, the day after they finished torturing Rosie and leave her for dead, Lorraine and Paul, again, like, 15-year-old Lorraine and 40-something-year-old Paul head over to see some friends at Dez, Lorraine's dad's apartment. And um, I'm certain, again, that no one there is sober, right? And Lorraine obviously has serious issues. So she starts bragging about the horrible things she and Paul just did to one of her friends um, at this little get-together, whatever you want to call it, street-drinking event. Um, And Dez is there. It's his house. And he overhears this. And remember, Rosie was Dez's, like, good friend and caretaker, and so Des, it sounds like, does not have psychopathic tendencies, and so he's appalled by this as soon as he hears it. And um, he thinks to himself, like, I, I can't stand for this. I have to call the police. Um, and Paul senses this. Like, he's there too, and he sees Lorraine bragging and going on and on. He sees Des, like, reacting kind of in the background. And so he pulls Lorraine aside, and he's like, we have to we have to finish him like there's no way after we what we just did we'll get away with it your dad's going to call the police Um, and he manages to convince Lorraine that they have no choice but to kill Des and so Lorraine is the one that kills her own father the next day by suffocating him with a pillow so Lorraine and Paul are arrested the day after um, Des's body is found and while in jail awaiting trial Lorraine brags to a prison guard about what she did to her dad and Rosie, and so they use that um, in court, and it sounds like
0: this is two thousand
1: nine.
0: It's so funny because when you when you tell me the story, I keep thinking it's like nineteen oh five or something.
1: Right? It sounds like I mean everything about like the street drinking community, the like within family murders. It's not very modern sounding. I agree. No. So, their friend John Grimwood, I'm not sure if this is the one that heard the bragging about the story and didn't report it. It sounds like that's the case. It sounds like he was the one who either knew about it or knew about it right after. Um, and he's also arrested due to his connection with the murderers and potential role in both the killings. Um, so, anyway, the three of them are on trial. My phone just vibrated. Who's that? Oh, it's my mom. Hi, mom. Um, I hope she listens to this later. Let's see. So they're, the three of them are on trial, and um, Lorraine laughs and makes jokes the whole time. Again, still bragging about what she did. No sense of wrongdoing, yeah. even when it comes to her own dad. And while um, people are like giving their testimonies, and while the, the judge is speaking, she laughs and mocks them the entire time. And so obviously, both Lorraine and Paul are convicted. Lorraine gets 14 years, probably since she's so young. Um, I guess, like she killed two people, but um, Yeah, I guess
0: they have hope that she'll become a changed person.
1: I guess. And Paul is sentenced to twenty seven years and then their friend John, this third guy, is let off free. And so there's
0: two remind me why there's a third suspect.
1: Um he is the friend that it sounds like they either told him they were gonna do this or right after he was the one that Lorraine bragged to and he didn't report it or anything. And so he knew at some stage what was either going to happen or what had just happened. He's kind
0: of like the witness who didn't...
1: Yeah, and he's let go. He's acquitted. Um, But here's an interesting epilogue, parts. This is why... This is a
0: good lesson, actually. This is why even (laughs) if... Don't kill your dad. This is why even if you're not involved, Mm -hmm. like, if you feel like you're guilty because you didn't tell anyone, that's no reason to be guilty. Like, don't think that you have to then help... The people who actually, you know...
1: Are you telling people to snitch?
0: (laughs) No, I'm saying just because you didn't snitch doesn't mean that you're guilty.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, well, hold that thought. Oh, no. There's more with John. So, um, Paul...
0: Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it does.
1: Paul's found dead in prison in 2014. They have no idea why or what. He's found unresponsive in a cell and then pronounced dead. So Paul's dead, Um, in case that wasn't clear. And then John Grimwood goes on to stab his girlfriend Allison Studd to death just a couple months after the trial. And so he's arrested that very same day after he (laughs) he tries attacking a second woman with a knife. And so in this whole story, the only one who survives or is not in prison, or both, is Lorraine. I guess she is in prison, but she survives and is going to get out. Unlike everyone else who's either there forever or is dead there or was killed before. And so she's the only remaining character in our story. And oh she'll get goodness. out of prison in 2023 at just the 29 years old.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And that is the story of the street drinking community killings. Dude, is there,
0: uh, what do these people look like?
1: Oh yeah, okay, good question. Um, you can talk amongst yourselves while I go to find the pictures.
0: Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Darn it, I'm sorry. I meant to have those ready. Okay. She looks older than uh, 15, in my opinion. Like, 30. But I guess that's, really? what, uh, that's what murder does to you. That's Lorraine, and that's Paul Clark. And that's Rosie.
0: Well, Paul looks exactly how I imagine Paul <laughs> Yeah, Paul, Paul
1: like, if you just, like, picture a down-on-his-luck like, early 40s dude who's had too much hardship and alcohol, it's this guy. Um, Rosie's not what I pictured, I gotta say. And then this is the the dad. This is Des.
0: That's not what I pictured him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I picture him to look much older.
1: And then, oh, this is John.
0: Okay, John's a little bit how I pictured him. <laughs> yeah, John looks similar
1: to Paul. Um... So, yeah, John is also still alive, but he's in prison for probably the rest of his life. So, oh, let's go back no. to what you were saying about motive. Because I agree with you. Like, the, the motive is none. I guess maybe for her dad there's a motive, but for Rosie there's absolutely no motive.
0: Yeah, I don't understand. Because it's not like she hated Rosie to begin with. No. There was no, like...
1: No, she actually took care of her dad.
0: With probably the help of Rosie. Yeah. Right
1: yeah, that's what I mean. Like Rosie took care of her dad.
0: Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um Yeah, but Well, first of all, what motive would ever what what would ever happen to to make you want to torture someone for four days? I don't I don't know. Do
1: have, yeah, don't you have other things to do? Like My I God. can't do anything for four days in a row. Um, the other thing is this dog story is so questionable. Like, definitely take the dog story I told with a grain of salt. Because uh, <laughs> it's not even present in a couple of the sources. And then in the other two, it's like, Rosie kicked a dog. The dog may have bitten a child. Rosie was killed the next day. Like, it's there's no detail. It's I can't find anything about this kid that was allegedly bit.
0: Basically what happened was, Rosie and Paul got in an argument hmm That's it. Yeah. And then the next day, Paul and
1: Lorraine, Lorraine
0: are just like, all right. Take her out. That we'll, we'll take her out after four days of ridiculous torture. Yeah. What?
1: Also, the cheese grater on the face. Yeah, that's a little interesting. That's like, what does that even do? Besides just, like, feel terrible. Well like it takes your skin off but it doesn't like inflict major injury it just sucks you know
0: well I don't know it's like alright Z you have to torture this person I don't think cheese grater comes to mind
1: <laughs> why it's too culinary it's too out there <laughs> what would, what you ever seen
0: a movie play? where someone uses a cheese grater no, no. Oh, the other thing they did was I, th- they- I think of like pliers they yeah. I think of like uh I think of where like the, the medieval torture. Shocking is. the nipples. You ever seen that?
1: <laughs> Yikes. Um I just think of like the stretching one in like the medieval torture chamber. Oh to really yeah. Just like hook you up to a thing and just just pull, pull you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Which like my back probably needs that honestly. <laughs> like, do it, sign me up.
0: That's torture?
1: <laughs> that's my ideal massage. <laughs> <much. laughs> And
0: then, you ever heard of the iron bull? No. Oh no! What is that? So they used to have this like I don't know if it's iron or brass. I think it's brass. Where they it's like this brass hollow bull mm-hmm. that they make, and they put you inside of it, and then they light a fire underneath it, so it cooks you in oh, the bull. Oh
1: God! And there's
0: only Wait, one.
1: Why does it have
0: because the mouth has a little opening, uh-huh. and apparently the screams <gasps> make it sound like the bull is that like... That is
1: horrific. How do Isn't you know that, crazy? that?
0: Uh, I took a course called Death and Dying in Medieval oh, Europe. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, you're the death expert yeah. in the family.
0: <laughs> Isn't that wild?
1: That's wild. Yeah. Dude, who thought of that? Like, what civilization? Who thinks of any
0: of these things? I, I don't remember.
1: Oh, man.
0: Wow. Apparently that was like the worst torture device. I mean, they're all the worst. They're all the worst.
1: I can't pick a bet. You know, maybe we'll do that next week for One's Gotta Go. One's Gotta Go. Torture devices.
0: (laughs) Or pick your poison.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which would you rather?
0: The stretcher? The... There are all sorts of... of... They're so elaborate.
1: Yeah. Like, you got to have some creativity for sure.
0: Oh, these, these like you must have been like an expert. I'm a tor I'm a torture device expert. I design. Yeah, that
1: was probably and like sell. a respected profession.
0: Yeah, I mean, executioner was a. Actually, is that is, do we still have executioners?
1: Um.
0: Someone's got to pull the switch.
1: Well, they don't just... have. <laughs> it's just like lethal injection. Well,
0: now. sometimes, yeah. Aren't, true.
1: Isn't it probably just doctors or like RNs who can give shots and injections?
0: I think you have to. I don't know, but what would you that, like? <laughs> <laughs> Good take. I had so many thoughts going through my head. I can't multitask.
1: <laughs> start with the top one first.
0: When it makes me think down. of Doctor Death. Like that would be your name.
1: Oh, I want to see that or wait, listen podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, I want to listen to that podcast. It's
0: okay. It's okay. Yeah,
1: it's okay. Like the podcast is okay. Yeah. Oh, it's not great. Didn't we start listening to it once? yes yeah we did and we stopped because mm-hmm. you had already listened to it
0: yeah
1: should i listen to it
0: it's i just
1: like would you recommend it to our listeners
0: i would recommend it but i'd also say it's it's you'll like it but what, what not, about it is it.
1: like mediocre or not stellar because it, it has like the makings of being something stellar if you like this sort of thing right yeah it does then why isn't it like oh god you gotta listen to this
0: because once you find out what this person does, mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing else. Like, mm. there's no climax to the story. There's no, it's just kind of like, yeah, this guy did these kinds of things.
1: Is that like in the telling of it? Is it like the podcast problem or is the story like just, it falls flat?
0: The story kind of falls flat. Really? Yeah. So it's
1: like anticlimactic kind of.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like I said, no climax. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but that could be, like, the fault of, like, the narrator. You know, of, like, they don't do the climax justice. But there just isn't one. I don't know whose fault it is. (laughs) This
0: could
1: just be me. Okay, well, now I want to listen. I'll listen and report back. And give my opinion on it. Okay. (laughs) Um, ooh! Wait, did we already recommend this? We might have. Speaking of, like, other good podcasts, something about Pam yes um what else is there now apparently dirty this john? is just recommendations corner Oh, dirty john is really good
0: that's an that's an amazing story
1: yeah um we tried listening um, to teacher's pet uh, and could not do it i can't understand what they're saying
0: there's something wrong with aunt diane
1: there's something wrong with aunt- yeah that's not a podcast but that is wild oh. I like that keeps me up at night still. A little, a little chilling. Yeah, it's, it's a little, so disturbing. It's I won't tell you what that's about at all. But that's also thanks to Kate for recommending that. It's um, is it on Hulu or HBO? I think it's on HBO. I think it's, HBO. it's a documentary. Um, don't watch it unless you're like in a really good place mentally because it's so sad. It's a
0: little bit more sad than interesting.
1: Yeah, it's more sad than interesting, and it's not like ooh that's creepy. It's just like a oh it's that's like, messed oh, that's, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's really is fascinating um what else favorite thing for the week we kind of already did that mine's the coffee table
0: <laughs> yeah the coffee table's awesome it's dope we also got uh can't wait for this accent chair yeah Minus. we
1: got yeah who, who are we that we're like we got a coffee table and an accent chair and my life has never been better that's kind
0: of what we like though it
1: is are we boring
0: i mean in a pandemic
1: that's true that, honestly, you're right. That's ex- as exciting as it gets. Like, we bought a freaking accent chair.
0: What else can we do?
1: Yeah. We can't even, like, walk, take a walk these days because of the fires.
0: There are a lot of things that were limited to you. Yeah. It'll get better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, you want to do our One's Gotta Go? Sure. You picked it this week.
0: So, my sister's going to kill me for this. Why? Because she's the Batman expert.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And I am not. And I know I'm going to butcher this so badly.
1: It's been a while since I've seen these two, full disclosure. I have seen them all, like more than once, but it's been a while. So basically
0: we're going to do One's Gotta Go, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Just those three, right? Oh, we are. We're not going to include the Joker? I thought you said we are. We can, it's just, you know... That movie's kind of outside of those three. Okay. You know. Because mm-hmm. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, It's night
1: not rises. included, but can we include it just so we have four?
0: It's just Christian Bale isn't.
1: No, he's not in it. it. But, like, just so that we, you know, even sure. it out. Joker. Okay. <laughs> no, <go>, Joker. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we should just do those three. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. Joker. Fine. And Joker.
1: (laughs) Okay. Let's go through each one. You start. Um, it's been so long since I've seen Batman Begins. I mean, it's like with anything, anything where there's more than one, the original is so good because it's like the foundation for everything. It's a great movie. And they have to do so much, and like they have to set up a legacy, and yes. they do a really good job of that with Batman Begins.
0: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: Mhm. Me too.
0: <laughs> I think it stays. You think it stays? I think it stays.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, I think I just made my decision right now too, because I hadn't until this moment. All right, let's let's leave it for now, and then move on to.
0: I mean, you can convince me otherwise. We'll see how it's yeah, going. Yeah, I
1: I might. We'll see. Um, the
0: Dark Knight's one of the greatest movies of all time.
1: I agree with that. I mean... It's one of my favorite this, movies. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I think this is my favorite movie.
0: It, the, this, it's funny. I almost do not want to put it on this list.
1: Because it doesn't even, like, deserve the discussion of, like, should it stay or should it go? Because exactly. obviously it's just at the top. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Agree. Oh my goodness. I
1: mean, all you need to say is, like, he's Ledger. Right?
0: The late great.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the fact that he won a posthumous, that's how you say that word, right? Posthumous Oscar for that role. in like, for being the villain in a superhero movie, like, in DC Comics, that's so, like, unheard of that you would even be, like, up for an Oscar for that type Mm -hmm. of role. Um, But it doesn't matter if you don't like superheroes or if you don't like Batman his portrayal of Joker is, it's incredible. chilling, like it's incredible, like I uh, I can't say enough about it.
0: He's one of those characters who, you know, is fake, mm-hmm. but you fear.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, like we reference it all the time still, and that movie came out what year? And like Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's been dead how long? And I like I referenced it today actually. It's it just like it sticks with you in such a dark way, and it like it's like when you see him speak or when you see him do anything on the screen, it like reaches you at a really deep level. Yeah. Um, and you're you're afraid when you're watching him, you know, like you're not like watching a portrayal, like you think that you're like experiencing that. So obviously that stays.
0: Oh yeah. Dark Knight rises.
1: That's good. That's good. <laughs>
0: Good. It's fun. It's fun. Bane it's, Bane it's, is cool.
1: Bane is oh that's not true. More Bane than is that. cool. It's cool.
0: Um I love Tom Hardy, but you know
1: It like yeah. it it was a cultural moment, I think, when, when Bane came out on the scene. Right? Like don't you remember everyone like dressing up as Bane and being Bane? Yeah, it was cool.
0: Yeah. But, I mean Joker.
1: Oh, that I mean, again, like not even worth the discussion because it's up there. People are still dress up as Heath Ledger's Joker. Um Okay, do you want to leave it at just those three? Since you're right, the newest Joker isn't really part just, of that conversation. It even,
0: yeah, it's 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 like I mean we can another. still talk
1: about it separately.
0: But that but it'd have to go if it was in those three. Because yeah, it's you're not right. in the same It would have to go. So for me, it's Dark Knight Rises.
1: Yeah, me too. It's a good movie. Like there's nothing wrong with the movie, I love it.
0: But after watching Dark Knight, it's like, okay, you tried to do Dark Knight again. But just with a different villain. Yeah. And And also, like, Heath Ledger
1: died, and so it's not the same.
0: Well, Heath Ledger wasn't going to be Bane.
1: No, no, I know, but, like, just knowing that, for me, like, for me, this series almost died with Heath Ledger. You know? Like, I think for so many fans, you're like, how can this continue on without... I mean, he died before the movie even was, like, done being edited
0: yeah that was a little nervous.
1: and so i uh, like you almost wanted that to be the last one because of like Heath ledger's legacy
0: can we talk about i'm gonna pivot can we talk about how terrible suicide squad was oh my god oh what my the god. hell was that not a movie
1: what the hell was that <laughs> i'm sorry to mrs viola davis for having to be in that movie
0: i think my sister and i watched it together And we almost walked out of the movie theater. It's pretty bad.
1: How did they manage to make a movie with that many villains boring?
0: Right? Like, it's boring. (laughs) I just want to mention something. Gotham Mm -hmm. is dark. Yes. It is is like... Oh, the mood Mm -hmm. that you can create in a Batman movie. Which they did very well in The Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Suicide Squad... And Joker. And Joker. Suicide Squad had the chance to be really so dark. So
1: dark. And so interesting and twisted like all of these yes. other movies. And they
0: fell flat. And they i, I think it was the studio who ended up doing this, but they just did not go for that. No. This was your opportunity. Yeah, and the they, trailer was and dark. And they
1: got yeah, but, oh the trailer That's what got made me so, me so excited. Exactly. And they got good actors to fill those roles. Except I'm sorry, the Joker. Um What's his Jared face? Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah. I'm not hating on Jared Leto, but that was just the wrong choice.
0: Yes, yeah, it was, his it was bad portrayal.
1: <laughs> what was that? Yikes. And that's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think about it. Uh, uh
1: so okay. That was easy. We agree. Yeah. That's a I feel like across the board people would say that.
0: Oh, I will say this. Um, Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. I actually think that she is a good Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. But the lines,
1: the script that
0: they gave her was awful.
1: Yeah. They tried to make her just, like, super dumb, and that's all there was to her. Like, just dumb and insane. And they could have made that role, like, way more complex and way darker. And it
0: kind of sucks because I feel like because that was the first movie with her as Harley Quinn, Mm -hmm. she now kind of has to be like that Fulfill, like,
1: a dumb role. Yeah. Yeah, like, the movie, didn't Harley Quinn just come out a while ago?
0: Probably. Yeah, I, I saw. Think it, I saw ads. For I it. saw
1: ads for it too, and I think, like, I just ignored it because I was like, "Oh, I don't want to see a continuation of Suicide Squad." Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: so oh, you're yeah. right. That's like too that, yeah. bad.
0: So true. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Nope." Nope. <laughs> I will say this, Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. the new movie.
1: Oh, that's your movie. Is
0: it the tenant? Is it tenant? Oh.
1: Somebody wrote my that movie for you. Goodness. With Christopher Nolan, um, who's in it?
0: Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I can't
1: even name, name a single actor in it. But the fact that Travis Scott is doing the soundtrack.
0: I don't know if he's doing. Or one of the songs. I know at he least. did the music for the trailer. So I don't know if he's doing anything else.
1: They introduced it as, like, doing the soundtrack for. Did they? That's what I thought I heard. I could be wrong. But even if it's just the trailer, like, the fact that Tra- Travis Scott is linked to a Christopher Nolan if movie. You, if you
0: haven't seen that trailer, that trailer will
1: it's a long trailer it's like a 10 minute it trailer. is but
0: i was so hyped
1: i call that z pandering
0: oh my goodness <laughs> that was exactly what i wanted
1: <laughs> Woo. just throw in like i don't know like a, a scene with like the astros in it and it would have been like <laughs> ultimate z pandering
0: <laughs> oh man
1: <laughs> you're just like sitting here right now reveling I'm in this. Gonna, I,
0: here's the thing. I'm one of those people who, as soon as you see a trailer that you like, you should stop watching. Because you know you're going to watch the movie. You might as well not give anything else away. Mm. Right? As soon as you're like, okay, I'm going to see this movie. Turn the trailer off. However, <laughs> with this trailer, I couldn't turn away.
1: Mm-hmm. He was standing at the television. Like, his face was, like, at the screen. <laughs>
0: I was sucked in. You literally, like,
1: another engine, you would have been sucked into the television.
0: My God. And I'm so upset because
1: if you this is a movie made, a movie made for IMAX.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other element of
1: Z-pandering. Oh, you love IMAX.
0: If you have a chance to see a movie on IMAX, you do it. I don't right. care if it's more expensive. I don't care if you got to pay five more dollars. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Right. It's amazing. Oh, my dad and I would actually plan out, all right, what movie do you want to see? And is it on IMAX? That's cute. Yeah, <laughs> I saw Inter. No, I'm not gonna say that. But that's embarrassing. I don't want to even say. What? I saw Interstellar how many times in IMAX? Five.
1: five Four. Five times. Five times on. Wow. I paid. Five times. I paid
0: for a ticket five times. That's cute. That's that's just dumb. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's just not smart. <laughs> what a movie buff. Okay. Cool. That's just something I really like to do. Mm-hmm. For all you fans out there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know more about me? M-
1: more questions with Z. That's what I love. Stay tuned for a behind-the-scenes interview with our star. I
0: love going to the movie theater.
1: And getting a fat popcorn. And party. getting a fat
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, Good times. Good
1: times. Miss those times. Good times behind us. Am I right? Um, anything else?
0: Um, if you, if you, if you haven't already, <laughs> that, 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 that's all folks now. uh, if you haven't already, um, murdergrads, follow us on Instagram, murdergrads,
1: we mostly just post grad school memes on our stories.
0: Also, if you're listening to this on CastBox, is there a like button? Mm-hmm. Yeah, click that I button. I think so. Hit it.
1: If you're listening to this on CastBox, as opposed to if you're listening to this live, like Beer and T'Challa. hmm Because that's the only other alternative. Or leave
0: like a positive comment.
1: Leave positive, constructive criticism. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody did comment. I don't know who it was, but they were like, excellent, hilarious, I love it. I did see that. And I love that person. Whoever you you are, please tell us. Let us know and we will send you a present. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give a little gift. We'll do a little giveaway. (laughs) Giveaway! It's (laughs) T'Challa. Yeah. Um. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, I know what it is. It's a dresser. We'll give you a dresser. Oh, call in. We will send you. We will FedEx you Z's dresser. By the
0: way, there's no reason why we're trying to get rid of it other than the fact that it's huge. No, it's just wider than it is tall. Uh huh. And we needed a dresser that was taller than it is wide. Right. So. And it's. (laughs) (laughs) If you know, you know. All right. uh... (laughs) So, if you need a really nice dresser that's wider than this <laughs> saw. Hit us up. Hit us up, because we got one. Yep. Um,
1: it, it takes up a lot of space. That's all I'll say. Anyway, have a great week, everyone. See you next week. Where Z will murder someone.
0: What? Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bye.